Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dally Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamflet and Michael Sidgwick. Here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Manny. But before we get into it, you're a fan of this sort of thing. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Raw, but also SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT Dubai. Oh! Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week, complete with a bloody quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet and Cedric to review Monday Night Raw, although I sense the first thing we're going to talk about is nothing that happened on screen. The first, the last, the everything. Was... Did a show happen here, or was it one segment and a guy backstage being the star? Like, I already, like, I was... I watched the show, I went on Twitter, this is my little timeline from this morning... I saw the punk news after the fact. So I'd already watched Raw and had none of the punk context. Mm. And then it was like, what was all the matches again? Oh, yeah, like Cody nearly, like, I had like joined the Judgment Day for like five seconds. Oh, none of it mattered. Imagine. None, none of it mattered at all. There was this disaster of a segment, which I cannot wait for us to pour over and yeah. say I'm punk being backstage. Like the punker, the punker runs this goddamn industry. It's, yeah. it's absolutely amazing. It doesn't run it well. He sometimes runs it into the ground, but he runs it all the same. Agent of chaos. I don't even know which industry I mean at this point. Do I mean the wrestling one? Do I mean the podcast one? Do I mean the content one? Do I mean the conversation one? Mm. Like, I, I love this man. Warts and all. And there continue to be more and more and more warts. I love this man. What a bizarre set of circumstances. And I know Sidgwick's got some really interesting insights in this because, of course, we talked about this over the desk this morning. But I just want to take, like, on behalf of like myself and the Miz himself, another victory lap for just identifying this years ago and finally getting the payoff. Like, I couldn't believe that he's, like, <laughs> made amends with the Miz. I, I, I just, I'm going to sleep easier tonight. There's a monkey off my back. It's like, you've had the Miz. You've been obsessed with this guy. Like, me and Sajab, like, it's this Newcastle thing. He's like, obsessed. Like, it's, 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 a free. it's a rivalry, but it's like, obsessed. Like, look at their results, whatever. It's like, CM Punk was legit obsessed with the Miz. And like yet again, the Miz remains undefeated. <laughs> like John Cena is going to be the next one to rock up and say, oh, "He says I pinned you all in times. I was actually super insecure." Mm. Like, that's that's what's next for the Miz. That's all he's got left to do. Then hold him in the Hall of Fame of the most pointless but brilliant career ever. Well, I was this is a mix of stories coming in today because I didn't check Twitter this morning. I just came in and surprise, surprise, one of the big news stories was Vince completely changed this Monday Night Raw at the last minute. Wow, what a shocker that was. But the punk news was jaw-dropping, and then you told me he wasn't even in Chicago to start with. 
there's so much to unpack here. And right off the bat, I want to say, I don't know his motives. I don't know what the hell's going on. I remain in disbelief that the whole thing happened. And this will probably get pretty, on my side, conspiratorial. Mm. Okay. What? (laughs) (laughs) Was my general gist. Okay. A lot to unpack here. Let's go from the start. It's very funny. Mm. It's very newsworthy. It was fun to talk about. The jokes were all popping off. Putting to one side how funny this is, right? If you're CM Punk, <laughs> would it not be would it not behoove you to appear sane? <laughs> when you are really trying to get it across in the media through your puppet, Dax Harwood, <laughs> that you are level-headed, you're willing to do business, you want to come back, you want to be... entrusted with running a flagship show that wasn't necessarily built for you, but you are the biggest star to run it in Collision. Would it not behoove you to be sane? Because this is pretty insane. Mm. It's what... This is a guy, right? If um, you believe the word of Corey Graves, has said to more than one ex-WWE colleague... I'm so traumatized by my appearance and my lifetime in WWE that I can't be your friend because you still work there and for that reason alone. He severed all ties Mm -hmm. with this promotion. People he had actual friendships, whether these things mean much to CM Punk or not, because of the fact that they worked in WWE. It is one thing for him to say, you know what? I'm feeling a little bit contrite these days. I've realized that my actions have, uh, you know, caused the wrestling industry, myself, my peers, no end of harm. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to make amends to her. And you know what? The root of all of this, I'm going to have to go to WWE and speak to the Miz. <laughs> Class. It's one thing if he's in Chicago, right? Yeah. And he lives there, he's from there, and he just so happens... All I'm saying is I was a stone's throw away from uh, the Allstate Arena, and I figured, why not? I'm feeling contrite these days. I'm mature. Not like those f***ing young bucks. (laughs) I'm the the one wearing the big boy pants here. You know what? I'll be the bigger man. And to prove that, I'll go and squash my beef with the Miz. There's so much to unpack here. I'm going to try and keep on a level straight. I don't believe that. Personally, Mm. I don't believe that, right? Even if this is absolutely 1 million percent what happened, and he's just decided, I need to atone for my actions, not just in the AEW locker room, Mm. but to cleanse my soul, I'm going to have to go to WWE. My name is Phil. And just just right some wrongs here. Okay. Even if I believe that, and I don't necessarily believe that, right? No one is going to believe that that was his motivation here mm. at all. So if you were thinking, you know what? Now's not the time when I am once again the epicenter of the discourse. I am trying to, you know, cleanse my name. Maybe, even if I am 100% honest, no one else thinks I'm going to be. It's going to unleash... Just a total stream of conspiracies and suspicion and doubt. Maybe now's not the time mm. to pull off this not publicity stunt, this very earnest thing I need to do for myself. Like the timing. So sus. <laughs> 
the man apparently, and this is according to Dave Meltzer, who by the time we finish this uh, podcast, CM Punk might have on Instagram called him a liar. Mm-hmm. Who knows? This is a breaking, unfolding, fluid news story. Has said that CM Punk has apparently flown from Florida to Chicago in order to do whatever this was. Wow. Given that he, by all accounts, has not really interacted with anyone on the WWE side, with the exception of those who were guesting on backstage Mm -hmm. for, what, eight, nine years? Can you imagine a more awkward place to just, you know, break the ice than an aeroplane? (laughs) Can you imagine how awkward that must have been? Like, what is he doing and what is going on? I wonder if the in-flight entertainment had Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is... Finally, I mean... This is insane. This is insane to me. So he does that. Oh, Punk's here. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. How's it going? Then they get off the plane, and they go to the arena. Like a posse. And then he just decides to hash things out with The Miz. What a story. I, I, I and then he chats with Triple H... That's the bit I thought of, and I apologize. Did he run into him? Well, I picture it like, um, and apologies if this is like treading all over someone's, I've not been on social media today. Genuinely makes me feel so much better <laughs> not doing that in the morning. I get, went to do it this morning, and I went, no, I don't think I will. And uh, I, I should no. have done, because I've probably missed out on some cracking memes and stuff like that. You know who was with in the car park who maybe let him into the backstage area? Do you know the answer to this? No, I've genuinely got no idea. Time to play the game! Time to play the game! Did it, did it. Who was filmed standing beside CM Punk and who may or may or not have let him into the backstage area? See, I feel like Andy's told me this on the news and I've already forgotten it. That will check out. Because it was just a wave of, sorry, what this morning? Uh, current roster member. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I was going to say Raw or SmackDown. That doesn't help me at all because I can't even remember who's on which brand. That Could, won't help you in this particular case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cody? No. But what, what a moment that would be. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Two more guesses because you get three guesses. That's yeah. how these things play out. Uh, Finn. No. no. Ray. No, nope. nope. the answer is... What? He, I don't... If he said that, then I've completely... What? CM Punk, chasing our button, has met with Tamina and Triple H, the two people that feature in that button. <laughs> Yesterday. What would he and Triple H have chatted about? What are you doing <laughs> here? Well, this is what I'm thinking about, and that's what I'm going to say about if I've, if this, someone's already done this, I apologise. But all I could picture, maybe not with the quite quite the same resolution as the clip, but the bit where they go, I'm going to take some some cake through to Toby. Yeah, and he goes, "Good one. Why would you? Why would you do that?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine imagine if Bill was backstage at Monday Night Raw after I've just got usurped by my uh, dad, who's dead, who's just uh, got uh, alleged all these uh, things and just got past it and just sneaked his way back into the company for an endeavor. What if Sam Punk's done like, <laughs> hiya, Paul? Just the I. Sorry, go on. No, I was going to say, what if he's just done Triple H the biggest favour? And it's like healed all the wounds because like Triple H is on this Skype call with Vince McMahon and Vince is pretty angry. He's like, what the hell have you got backstage there? 
Triple H looks to his right and there's Hit Row and Karrion Cross and Johnny Gargano. And then CM Punk walks in the door. Look what I got, Dad. <laughs> All right, then keep it up. <laughs> no, apparently, got, apparently, maybe it was Vince's call to eject him from the arena. Mm. What is going on here? It's, again, I'm going to go back to my original point here. Even if CM Punk had the absolute purest and best of intentions, a sentence which seems ridiculous <laughs> considering the past eight months that we've just experienced, even if it were the case, he has to have thought, no one's going to believe me. It's like the alien abduction <laughs> of bizarre publicity stunts or earnest you know, self-care to his it is an alien abduction of a story. Oh, no one's going to believe this. I shouldn't I shouldn't do this. Mm. I can't be, you know, disturbing any anything here. Like, what is he thinking? I'm so excited for any more, like, literally any more details about this to emerge. But, again, like, so me and Suj was like, because we just, the whole thing is speculation. And I don't know if I was just going down Yes, we must. All of it is speculation. Underscore that. You know, I'm speculating out the ace. It's just, so, like, my initial... Gut reaction to this was that he had because they're you know we don't know exactly how it's gone, but the whole thing with collision roughly appears to have been. Oh, they hired the United Centre. There's two more hours on the table. We booked the United Centre. They were willing to pay for collision off the back of fifty million was the number like five hundred thousand yeah. pound per hour of television. So you can for a year you're looking at fifty two million and Punk's the guy he's brought in as the showcase guy and it's like that's Punk's been the difference maker you mm -hmm. know whatever. Yeah. So like. Him and Tony Khan, that justifies it because it's money and it's content and that's it. All the debates end because Punk's the $52 million man. That's that's wrestling now. And then he goes to Raw. So my thinking was he's asked Tony Khan permission to do this. And Tony Khan's right. thought about it and gone, yes, do not get into trouble. But his, his but mere presence there was trouble. Is trouble, and I, I sort of accept that. Even if he's done nothing wrong, it's trouble for... The conversation because yeah, he walks in wearing a someone's going to infer, especially in an industry as paranoid as professional wrestling. Like Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful reported that many within WWE just thought where well, he's trying to do a publicity stunt here. Yeah. Well, and, and it's worked. Like if, yeah. if if all publicity is good publicity, which I'm not sure it is, but it's worked on those. It just terms comes of, off as a lunatic. At the very least. It well, comes off as someone the man who is being relied upon to carry this new two hours of TV collision. Looks unreliable and unhinged. To all of that, right? I'm the biggest punk guy. And yet, today, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks wake up and have to ask Tony Khan. Chris Jericho, the same. Have to ask Tony Khan. What? Did you know that was going to happen? And at the point he says no, they have to say, like, never again. This is the end. This is like, our hands are clean. And this was nothing to do with us directly. We're out. You didn't know that. We no longer... Like and and they're not even in the wrong. There are significant know. trust issues. Yeah, like that the, are hovering over all of this. The, the culture. And if, yeah, if he did, if he says yes, I did know about it. Well, well, why did you let that happen? Then? The culture war predating yesterday remains completely separate to this incident. Now, mm. if he had no, if Tony Khan had no idea, and this thing has occurred, then they should go. We're out. We're out of all. The United we're out of all. Of, we're out of all of this. Like we, we, we will never make amends with him. We will never. This this was it. We will never sort of make amends with them, and nor should you expect us to. Like, and they're in contract negotiations with yeah. the elite. 
Like it's, it's not a, this happy, you know, amicable thing that's getting blown out of proportion between every single party, and there's no story here whatsoever. He purportedly got kicked out of the venue <laughs> or was asked to nicely leave, to yeah. just get the hell out of here. This, Hit the bricks. This, <laughs> what like, am I, sharp liver? <laughs> there's just, like, so many, like, seismic conversations have to happen. At the highest level in AEW today. We always say, and we've said this for what? Potentially two? there is, I don't know. Like, or or it was, or people knew. You know, it's wrestling, isn't it? Well, there was whispers. And, you know, like Jericho will be on it today with his contacts with WWE to Meltzer. Just imagine the sheet backstage. Finn Balor. Damien Priest. Tamina, plus one. What's the plus one? Who knows? Who's, right, okay. Remind me. Oh, bollocks. We've got Bank Holiday Monday. We're not going to be in here on Monday, but at a future date, we're going to play the game. It's time to play the game! Who will be Tamina's plus one this week? Yes! <laughs> yes! Right. Just going to invite someone to NXT. We'll play it later. Good point. Yeah. Tamina and me. If... We haven't got enough gimmicks on the NXT preview. <laughs> the thing is, though, right, that's... I like... It's my... You know, I've always said this. This, like, this whole brawl out... Thing, so which I kind of hate it. It's overshadowed AW, so I might as well drill into this mm -hmm. as my escapist weird thing that I like. It's like you know when people just get obsessed with the Titanic or like a war, and they just study it <laughs> obsessively, and it becomes yeah. their thing, and they'll watch any sort of yeah. or consume any media directly related to this, right? Like, what is Tony Khan thinking if CM Punk has said all I want to do is <laughs> just never gets all that one, thrash it? things out with the Miz? <laughs> And just, you know, see some people and just repair some old wounds. Obviously, CM Punk's not welcome there. It's weird. <laughs> he was purportedly asked to leave nicely. And he did, after saying some goodbyes. I don't think anyone suggesting he was, like, hauled out of there. No. Like uh, Dave Schultz <laughs> in Madison Square Garden. Or out like that. But um, Tony Khan has positioned himself as the good guy in this war between AEW versus WWE. They're messing with him. They're getting time slots from USA Network to combat Dynamite's launch. They are going head-to-head -head on uh, with AEW content with Evolve, or more recently, NXT. And if you're going down the line here, where does that end up, you know? They are the ones who were sent a letter, reportedly, by AEW's chief of legal to say, stop tampering with our talent. And this was addressed in a meeting. They're doing stuff on Double or Nothing weekend. They are, and I, I, this is more conspiracy, allegedly, just like you say, my, our, I don't want to group you in, actually. My thoughts on this doesn't, I've no, no evidence to back this up. Would WWE have run a UK show in the break for summer football had AEW not kind of intimated, we're probably going to do Fulham in the summer, and that would intimate probably yeah. June, July time. Well, that's the thing. We're going to do July 1st. I love how that works out. That's a potentially salient point, but it's not even one you want to need to make because they have previous documented history of just trying to ruin their stuff. Tony Khan saying, I'm not Crockett, I've got my money, LFG, well, and that's then the Wembley thing. happens. That's almost like a... Is, he, is Tony Khan fighting back? Or it just doesn't seem like... He's trying to kill WWE with kindness. He's trying to take the moral high ground yeah. in this war. And if he's dispatched CM Punk, go to Raw. Oh, no, you're allowed to go to Raw. 
overshadow their show. Mm. This will mark a first in the entire war. What's going on? Anyway, yeah. let's talk about this rubbish TV show that I watched. Yeah, I'm glad we have got to kill some time. And now we can, I can say, oh, yeah, let's move on and not talk about these random, dreadful spots in this show. Um, I feel yeah, like we're going to go long on one bit. The, uh, the thing is, is, we always have said for the last couple of years, like, can the wrestling business get any crazier? And for me now, it's the bit with Dumb and Dumber, but without the satisfactory conclusion to the statement of like, just when I thought you couldn't do anything dumber, you go and do something like this. <laughs> and that's not directed at anyone in particular. It's just, you know. I haven't been since wrestling started to get really, really cool and open and transformative from like 2016, 17 onwards. I've never in this job been less interested in the fiction of professional wrestling. <laughs> yeah. And I worked this out as well. 2014, there were people saying, oh, he'll be back. 2015, oh, you know, he's going to come back at some point. Even the year he came back, people were talking about it before he came back. Yeah. After he came back, people were saying, I will never say never, it's wrestling. And then the year after he left wrestling again, he's coming back and there's been whispers. We are entering <laughs> our ninth year of Will CM Punk come back to wrestling discourse. And I am at the same exact time as exhausted as I am thrilled by it. <laughs> nine more years. Nine more years. Nine years of the ghost at the feast. Nine years of will he come back. Nine years of it at various points being kind of impossible to focus on the product, whether people are rejecting WWE developments in the arenas by chanting the name of CM mm -hmm. Punk, whether a new company gets created into which he walks and out of which he walks, where the entire storylines are nowhere near as absorbing as the off-screen drama. Nine, ye nine years. Between 1990 and 1999, <laughs> you've gone from the Ultimate Warrior winning the big one to... Uh, Vince Austin, McMahon winning the Rumble. To Vince McMahon <laughs> winning the Rumble. Yes, that's the perfect example of this, the, the wild change. I'm in purgatory. <laughs> and then Wednesday night, like one of their pillars in that feud, like just as a desperate grab to heat it up, calls MJF Pepsi Max. And then that <sighs> generates the conversation of like Punk's going to drop straight back into that feud when this is finished. And Another layer, another layer. <laughs> this, is, this is not without precedent. In January, Ricky Starks, who did not know he was going to be papped, yeah. um, was seen visiting Cody Rhodes. Mm -hmm. Cody Rhodes himself said, bad idea. That didn't do... Uh, Ricky, many favors. Mm -hmm. We'll, we won't do that again. CM Punk has to have known. By virtue of being in this industry for as long as he has, let alone reading this news report about Ricky Starks, that, oh yeah, that's frowned upon. Maybe I shouldn't do that if I'm trying to be the sane, you know, guys, I'm the voice of reason here. I'm going to take, I want to be the bigger man. Let's all work together. Come on. Pia Sane. That would be my uh, PR advice. All I'm saying Pia is in the, in the car park, he had a red baseball cap on, and I'd love it if the camera turned around and it had like, the Raw logo on it. So, mm. That's draft season. Backstage. I love it. That is draft season, yeah. Team CM Punk and Team Raid. CM Punk is Homer Simpson with that bloody WWE <laughs> logo on the foam finger. Just, lo just loves it. You know, you, you know what? I've always liked you, The Miz. <laughs> what? <laughs> he saw that banger last week that he had, and he thought, he thought, you know what? Mike Mizanin. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. 
You are right. A three and a half star Raw match. Let's talk about another three and a half star Raw match. Against Seth Rollins, who despises him. <laughs> anyway, Cody Rhodes comes out. Oh, yeah. Huge baby to open the show. Uh, what do you guys want to talk about? Well, apparently not Monday Night Raw. <laughs> uh, do you want to talk Sorry, about- Cody, it's punk again. <laughs> you want to talk about the draft? I could be stay here. I could go to SmackDown. Go to uh, AEW. Uh, what about the task ahead of him? He's got to slay the beast. Calls uh, Brock the most decorated athlete in combat sports of all time. Uh, and said, and he still had to attack me from behind. Uh, and he shows footage of him getting murdered uh, by Brock on the Raw after WrestleMania. But he wants to show us something. And he takes his clothes off and chucks all of them into the ring, uh, into the audience uh, and shows off the uh, pit injury, the, the pec scar. Says, uh, this was the same arena I wrestled with that injury. Uh, and he dares Lesnar, pick a spot, put another scar on me. Uh, and that just show you that you haven't learned anything. I wrestled with that injury and I still beat one of the best ever inside hell. Yeah, hell. Um, but he doesn't talk about that match. He doesn't watch it back, despite the fact that his tit injury picture is the one he gets asked to uh, autograph the most. Uh, he's not here to give this like a heroic spin, basically. He didn't do anything that night. Um, what he did was uh, have a sold-out arena prop him up and carry him to the finish line. He was in the most pain of his entire life. Um, look, he and Chicago have had many milestones, but uh, just in case he never got another chance to say it, he wants to say thank you to them right here, right now. Uh, here comes Finn Balor. Obviously, he is not a lone wolf. You could probably say that he's in the fucking judgment day. Uh, nice opening line. We've all got scars, mate, <laughs> from Finn. Uh, and he says, look, I saw you had Roman Reigns beat at WrestleMania, and then you got screwed. I know how you fell. Did he get screwed, or did he just... Uh, Finn? Yeah. He just lost, but he was like... Falling apart in front of our eyes by you, them, they <laughs> you, Cody, just like me against Roman Reigns, were a fish out of water. <laughs> um, the reason you got screwed because no one had you back, uh, and then you trusted the wrong man in Brock Lesnar. It's the like next picking a wedding menu, chicken or fish? Yeah, <laughs> uh, you need to be smarter like me. Um, look, you can't win this match against Brock Lesnar, not on your own. And Rhodes is like, Look, I was under the impression there's kind of a mutual respect here, but I'm not sure if that's here. Uh, regardless, look, mate, I'm, I'm not buying what you're selling. Uh, and Bala says, um, Cody, you in the Judgment Day would be unstoppable, first of all. Oh, my God. Oh my God. We uh, pitched uh, Purple Haired Cody <laughs> this morning and Purple, purple Nightmare Tattoo. And you, you say. And you, you say. I had the, the three blokes who, I don't know what who they are in the hoods, you know, when they come out. The entrance graphic. Oh, yeah. yeah. You say, the druids. And then one of them pulls the hood back. What? It's Cody. It's, it's Cody. Pharaoh. Cody. Yeah, Pharaoh's the druid. The judgment dog. Anyway. Um, keep all this in your They're all pocket. judgment dogs to you, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> uh, where are we? Oh, yeah. Uh, he talks about what the Judgment Day's done. Rhea Ripley's become SmackDown Women's Champion. Every week. Damien Priest put the biggest star in the world through a table. You know, biggest musician in the world through a table. No, he got it right first time. Uh, and it's not Cody anymore. And Dominic Mysterio, of course, deafening booze here. Uh, he's already greater than his father. Um, and uh, the, the crowd here are just not having this. They're telling Balor he sucked as uh, he basically says, we could have you back at Backlash. Uh, and Rhodes is like, no, let's keep hearing you saying how much he fucking sucks. Uh, he offers a handshake despite that. 
Uh, and Bala says, well, you're either with us or you're against us. Uh, watch your back or I'll smack the bleach out of your head. Uh, and Rhodes is like, you're talking like I'm not medically cleared. Well, I am medically cleared. Let's have a bare knuckle fight then. <laughs> uh, and that sets up the match for later on in the evening. It's it's a response to the Cody promo and as well the people that keep sending me those graphics of how WWE have sold out the next 20 shows and how loud these reactions are for Cody. I'm not suggesting because he lost at WrestleMania that he's just magically not hot overnight, right? Mm. If Steve Austin had lost to Michaels or if Cena had lost to JBL, there would be loads of crowds still very excited to see them and for the several months after the fact, they would be still selling out the arenas to see that man that they were so behind. It doesn't just dissolve overnight. Well, Cody can never cut a 10 promo again. This was, until the Judgment Day stuff, which was fun more than good, like the Brock stuff was him operating at that like 9.5 Cody level. Mm. Believed him, loved him, incredible baby face, makes what he's talking about feel completely real. To Sidgwick's point about the fiction, Cody's one of the few guys that will do his very, very best to suck you back in. He can never cut a 10 out of 10 promo in this company ever again because that's what you lost. And like, it's great getting a bunch of 9.5s and that's what these towns that are still selling out are. That's what these loud reactions are. There's a load of 9.5s and it's cool thing but you'll never get a 10 again and it's it going to take it's going to take such a long time for that to for, you to for me personally as a fan to get over that yeah it feels like something's missing it just does like crowd were red hot for Cody they loved Cody this took the obvious generic format of a wrestling television show that has not changed said format in 24 years yeah this week was a Vince show last week was a Pat oh Hayes. shut up man <laughs> He elevates pretty generic material, mm. and he elevates it so much so that he sells out buildings. But as Hamlet says, it's, it will take a few months for all of this to dawn on everyone. Yeah. This is fine. I don't know, I don't know whether I'm part I mean, of it's that. No, I hate it because it's an impromptu match out. Um, yeah. But as far as this goes, Cody's the man to do it, and mm. that's because he's the man to do it, and now he's been tarnished. Well, you always said, you know, WWE should be more like AEW, and that's obviously what they did here, opening promo set up a match later on. So... Um, <laughs> I don't know. So, I don't know why I'm so saying that. that. I don't know why I'm saying so, that because yeah. I'm sat there going, I still think he can cut out 10, 10, 10 out of 10 promo. Uh, and maybe that's just me huffing the copium, to be perfectly honest. You're still huffing it after last night? Yeah. Oh, man. I still think there's a chance. Do you not, not understand, Cody, Cedric, not how the new belt has made it better somehow? <laughs> not for not for Nabirnia, but for Cody, I still. Telling me there's a chance. Oh, it's going to be. It's when he returns to AEW and he says, I've got a new contract and I can fight for the world title. I'm going to finish the proper story. That's going to rule so hard. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> we go to the commentators who are, of course, uh, Corey Graves and, oh, God. I feel all the news today. It's slipped my... Uh, Kevin Patrick! Uh, who says, Triple H has got an announcement. He's going to rock the foundation of WWE. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we get a, a really fun six, man. Uh, it's the yes. Bl- the Bloodline, uh, Usos. Oh, and I was thinking of the tag match later. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I did like that one. Yeah, it was good. The Usos and uh versus the LWO represented this time by uh, Santos Escobar, Joaquin Wilde, and the man with the best name in wrestling, Cruz del Toro. Uh, they've got a new, what do you reckon of the new LWO, Eddie Guerrero, Viva La Raza theme? I love it. I love all of it. I know Chavo Guerrero doesn't, but you know, tough tits. I love all of it. I love the marketing of it. I just, you, like, people are buying that shirt. So I keep repeating this, but like, the LWO meant now. Yeah, it was, it was rubbish. A bit of fun, bit of a parody stable, if nothing else. This is pretty ingenious. From <laughs> WWE. Well, I've seen a bit of pushback that this, like, LWO, because they're losing matches, yeah. that it, they're just there to be designated jobbers. I don't agree with that Yeah. yet. I might do soon, because yeah, they... <laughs> Could do with picking up a few wins, but I don't think right now 
there in a bad spot at all. I, for one, am happy that WWE have brought back a beloved short-lived stable. Just wish it wasn't the job squad. Honestly, I don't have for two minutes. Bob Ollie with a bleach blonde version yeah, of his spot yeah, yeah, yeah. hair. Uh, so call me a jobber, I'll kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> so to take us to a break, uh, the LWO hit a load of dives, basically. Uh, oh, hang on, Paul. He's just knocked all the microphones <laughs> over almost. Uh, Santos Escobar, when we got excited by the new big shiny gold belt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've never seen that before, and now I've seen it. <laughs> Santos Escobar makes a tag. What's, what's under that sheet over there? I'm going to pull that sheet back, Paul. Dub dub eat. We come back. Santos Escobar gets the tag, runs wild. Um, Del Toro hits a Phoenix splash, but uh, Jey Uso dives in to break up the cover. Uh, Sokoa comes in, hits uh, Joaquin Wild with a Uranagi on the edge of the ring. Del Toro sets up for the coast to coast drop kick, but then Jay distracts the ref, uh, and that allows Sokoa to recover and hit a. Uh, Samoan Spike on a flying Cruz del Toro, which was great. The Usos hit the 1D, and uh, Jay pins Cruz del Toro 1, 2, 3 to get a victory. Post-match, Jay Uso says, we had one bad night at WrestleMania where we let down the bloodline. We're going to become tag champs again, says Jimmy, uh, on this Friday's SmackDown, and they dedicate the match to the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. Yeah, bloodline's not as hot as it used to be because they killed it at WrestleMania. But yeah. Like, the Usos have got to believe this stuff about one bad night and win yeah. the battles back on Friday. Like, the result was the right result here. This is what I mean. Like, in terms of them losing, this has been a fairly hot post-WrestleMania backlashy thing that they've done with the LWO. Yeah. Uh, Tepid. And um, they had to win this match. They did have to win this match. You got the tag title match on Friday, and then you got the six-man at Backlash. So the bloodline, at very least, should be pretending to be dominant even if they're not. And this is the way to do that. Like, you, if you're going to have this stuff with Jay and Sami Zayn later in the show, I think Jay's got to believe mm. the bollocks that he's spewing in this storyline that is 50% as intriguing as it was before WrestleMania. I don't think you're familiar with this word. This one is running on fumes. Fumes. Mm. And, uh, oh my God, it gets worse later in the night for me. Obsessed. The match was... Uh, <laughs> the match was fun. Yeah, and it was really good. benefited from a Chicago crowd. Yeah, who haven't completely lost interest in reacting to the art form that is professional wrestling yet. I sent you the picture when I was over. I don't know the wooden roof in the Allstate. It looks yeah. amazing, man. Great. I like this match. I was gr- oh, I'm griffed by it. Greatly. <laughs> Greatly. <laughs> I was, was watching it thinking, man, it's fun. Having an all right time. <laughs> Gabby Gelly's backstage with Bianca Belair, but she can barely get anything out until here comes Damage Kataral. Uh, we get a bit of Yo Sky yelling in Japanese. More of that sort of thing, please. Oh my God. Um, and Not it's- perverted. I just like hearing yeah. wrestlers talk in WWE in their own voice. Mm. Um, and it looks like they're setting up a match between uh, Bianca and EO for later on, despite the fact that obviously EO is the new number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship. But Bailey comes in and goes, yeah, actually, let's have a three-on-three match. And EO's like, oh, I wasn't really wanting that, but okay. And they're like, good luck finding some partners, Bianca Belair, nicest woman in the locker room. <laughs> uh, what did you make of this? Not a lot, but the damage Katara split is happening, isn't it? So, you know. Yeah. Good, finally. It's finally. going somewhere. Finally, that is going somewhere. Echoed. Carry on. Jey Uso's on the phone um, backstage, and he bumps into Sami Zayn. Uh, and Zayn's like, what are you doing? Why are you dedicating this title match to Roman Reigns? Um, you should be doing this for yourselves, but instead you're doing it for the tribal chief. Uh, and now you've put his name on it. What's going to happen if you fail? Um, 
Jay said, uh, sorry, Zane said Jay didn't deserve what was coming for him if they lost. Uh, Jay's like, why do you even care? And Zane felt bad. Uh, and Jay said, you don't feel bad. You made your choice, and I made mine too. It's just not as hot. I don't, I don't hate this, you know. Um, Sami Zayn, I like the idea that, like, just because WrestleMania was the end of the... Like, they got the vindication. Mm. Sami Zayn's a good person. That's why the bloodline thing was so effective, because he was a good person trapped within this bad situation. And it feels true to the character. And I said this since just before WrestleMania. It has felt like, very carefully... They are teasing. They were teasing the Owens and Zayn breakup before they even won the belts. And I think that I've not hated the continuation mm. of that. And I thought it was quite nicely folded in with RKO later on. The idea of Riddle kind of seeing a bit of himself in Zayn and how the relationship he had with Orton. I didn't hate that. Like I think mm. there's a certain elegance to making that unit make sense and making Zayn and Owens still feel fresh because as soon as they won the belts, you're like, right, how do you? End. <laughs> yeah, how do you make this dynamic again? Because it was so special before WrestleMania. I just keep laboring over the fact that the Usos and where their heads are at would be so much more fascinating if Roman had nothing to keep them tethered. He won. He's right. They're losers. If he'd have lost, there's nothing keeping them there anymore, and it's on them to... There's no tension to any of this. To really. make the choice and make the move, and he's and he was right. Like, him, him and Solo kept it all together, so you two losers need to stop being well, losers. Well, yeah, he didn't. That's the point. He only kept it all together because he relied upon the rest of the bloodline. I understand that. But the way to illustrate that was with him having nout. Like, the Emperor has no clothes. He doesn't. He's got nicer clothes than ever before. It's not the fable. See, I think that... I still, I still think this is... St- I, I'm heavily invested in this, obviously, but I think this, there is the story there of you're only there because of everything you use, everyone and everything that you surround yourself with, and the desperation he's going to get when the Usos are gone. And maybe I like the idea of Solo going, and maybe Heyman even going with him, and suddenly, oh, bollocks. And then he's got Cody. You know, I, I don't. I completely agree with both of you. They should have put the title on Cody at mm. WrestleMania. But I am still, you know, call me a stand for WWE or whatever, or a bloodline mark, but I'm still invested in this. The fic- to Cedric's talk about the fiction and the facts, the drama on SmackDown for me is not due to this fiction anymore. It's what if they want the tag belts off Sammy and Kevin before a Saudi Arabia show. Mm. They could just do a one-night tournament and not bother with the tag titles at all. Yeah. Yes, good point. But then the Usos going into backlash. They don't like one-night tournaments, though, do they? No. They did their best-in-the-world one. That was a one-night one, wasn't it, where Shane came in at the end. <laughs> that's like, that's <laughs> ominous. <laughs> that's how you want to build up a new world title. Aye, <laughs> um, the Usos... Like, I'm more interested, I suppose, in the aftermath of this tag title match because the Usos are going to either go into backlash as two-time losers or having won the belts back and Owens and Zayn are suddenly freed again. So, I don't know. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST That's burrowcom slash ACAST 
ChumbaCasino.com/slash/acast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com/pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Kathy uh, Kelly interviews Trish Stratus. Um, do you know why? Why would she know? But do you know why Becky Lynch isn't here? She's like, I do actually. Funny you ask. Um, She's having trouble handling all the pressure of uh, being the top of the women's division, especially now she's a mom. Um, I know, <laughs> I know what that's like being a mom, and uh, I'm not struggling. In fact, I'm thriving. Uh, I put her out of her misery. She should be thanking me for it. Yeah, bust continue to delivery was a little bit better this week, which is still not like it's not like. Uh, this is such an unfair comparison, but you know, it's not like Shabbat coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Teaching Wheeler you to mess with me, dickhead. I'm not here to do jobs. I'm here to just humiliate you in the middle of the ring because I'm the best. If you can't be that great in the ring and you are portraying an all time great, then I've got problems. Uh, then we got a two minute match between the Street Profits and. Ooh, is this a little tease of the Hurt business coming back? <laughs> no. So you are ill. <laughs> Uh, it was Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. Uh, check out my interview with Shelton Benjamin. Lovely bloke. Uh, it's available as a podcast or as a video right now on our YouTube channel. They got a bit of offense in, but in the end, Street Profits won straight in a straightforward manner. Dawkins hit uh, Cedric with the spine buster, and Montez Ford did that ridiculous frog splash. And then there was a little bit from the commentary about, well, this could be the last time we see any of these guys in this combination. It says, like, what? So is that going to be your shocking... Like draft tag They've already foreshadowed this one a lot. Yeah. Long, it's not before time as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it was time for Triple H's big announcements. Oh, boy. Uh, he said, look, I've had the incredible privilege before of competing in front of these fans as a superstar. I defended the WWE Championship at WrestleMania 22 here in Chicago uh, against one of the greatest of all time, John Cena. Um, and I'm now privileged to ensure that WWE was all that it could be. Uh, and he wants to address, address the current champion, Roman Reigns. He's approaching 1,000 days as champion, which is unheard of. Um, you know, I shared the ring with some of the best ever. Uh, and, you know, Reigns' record speaks for itself. He's good enough to hang with any of them. Uh, but during his near 1,000 days as champion, Papa H says, uh, Reigns negotiated into his contract that he didn't have to defend the title as often as maybe we would have liked, which is great for him, not so great for each and every one of you. Um the fans deserve more, uh, and when I said uh, that the draft is going to shake the foundation of WWE, I meant it. When Roman Reigns gets drafted, he will take the, uh, what is it called, undisputed WWE well, Universal Championship. The disputed yeah. Universal Championship. <laughs> With him, stay there, and on May 27th, at Night of Champion, a new World Heavyweight Champion is going to be crowned, and he unveils the new championship belt, which looks like the big gold belt with a big WWE logo melted onto it. Um, this is going to be a champion to be proud of, to respect, and to admire. A champion that is going to defend the title any place, any time, all over the world. Uh, this person's not going to demand your acknowledgement, but earn it. And now is the moment where I put my feet up for about five minutes, I sense. Well, which is it, Triple H? Is Roman Reigns a genius? Is he a cerebral assassin just like you? Because you said 
Triple H, that you would have done exactly that. You would have uh, got it written into your contract that you would have defended it just as infrequently as Roman Reigns is. Uh, and then you're calling him like a pathetic coward. <laughs> and you've just talked about your thousand-day reign and this thousand-day reign that has sacrificed Drew McIntyre and Sami Zayn, which were, by the way, the right sacrifices because you've really got to raise the stakes to make the win count. And then you give it up at the last second and you bottle it. And Cody Rose doesn't do it. So you've sacrificed everything at this point. To then what? To then minimise and marginalise it in one promo when you unveil this consolation prize, this big gold silver medal. Because, of course, it is. Um, I, I hate this. If you if you don't hate this, I'm sorry, right? If you don't hate this, you're either no, you're not either. You're stupid and you're thick. Like I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> Even sorry. Even I man. hate this. <laughs> That's how bad it is. You're either wrong or you're stupid. That's what it is because your opinion's wrong, or you think this is good, and thus you need to like give your head a wobble and rethink it, rethink your opinion until you get a better one. Well, I was this reading the comment so section for the video on this on WWE's YouTube channel, and apparently. I people like buying very, very expensive toys to hang on the wall, and I'm not going to judge anyone for doing that. Go and buy your replica title belts. That's like another $300 in the WWE coffers and a new one in your little display cabinet. That's why they make these belts. Yeah. That's what's happening. Fine. Like, people that like belts, I, this is a, that's a different conversation. It's what this is representative of, which is the thousand-day reign will end, and, like, me and Cedric have had a little good bruise bet on this. I still think it'll be Cody, but that doesn't fix anything. Cody's now winning the belt. the story, but yeah. Cody's winning a belt that means substantially less than it did 24 hours ago and the effort of years and years and years and wrestlers and careers they put into making that belt mean everything that it did until 24 hours ago has now been lost and Cody gets to win that version of it and if he doesn't he might win this and I don't even want to see I don't want the visual of Cody holding that thing this thing that was set up for somebody to be not Roman Reigns just as Roman Reigns himself used to be not Brock Lesnar so that's all happening again as well. You know, when Brock held the belt yeah. for ages and there always had to be a second one kicking around. Abysmal. Absolutely abysmal. And the one saving grace from this was just like he stuttered and he stammered when he came out and tried to make sense of the decision that was thrust upon him to call up Alistair Black, Ricochet, yeah, Johnny Gargano yeah. and Tommaso Champer at the same time. Triple H had to put a face on something because Dad said so. I get a kick out of that because he's awful, Triple H. And <laughs> now, nah, but like... He spent his entire career basically to get to the point where he could eat this much sh**. So f***ing eat it in front of me, you big nose Bret Hart screwing. Like you, you four, you weren't this. You worked for this, all of it. Like it's my punk thing, warts and all. You worked for this, Paul, warts and all, and Paul, warts and Paul, and now you're getting it. So I got a bit of a kick out of that. Hideous beyond that, awful. This is so many kinds of wrong and bad. <laughs> My God. I'm... The recency bias will probably inform this take, or at least me debating. Is this a worse origin story than the first time? Because at least the first time, right? And look, for balance, WWE has successfully promoted two world titles simultaneously where I kind of thought equally of both mm -hmm. between like 2005 2004 up to like 2008 I just accepted it mm -hmm. so there's precedent for this to work but the launch is always going to be terrible and this is particularly terrible at least in 2002 the entitled meta beat of Triple H I'm great already I don't need to fight for this and I'll have it it was the worst kind of heat ever, but there was a kernel of logic to it. There was a seed of an idea 
that they were trying to get the heat on Triple H as someone who just felt entitled to being a champion. And, oh, I don't want to watch one of my favorite mid-carders win it off him. He's all but said in the subtext of this promo, might as well give the, the other lads something to fight for here. It's getting a bit boring. That's what he said in as many words. Mm. He said, well, I might have done it once upon a time. While it's great for Roman Reigns, the fact that he defends that thing so infrequently, it's not particularly great for WWE. Right, there's two problems with that, and I'm going to get into the second one momentarily. He's all but said, with that copy, that's not really good for WWE. What's he saying there? Let's drill into it. Let's analyze. What he's saying is, it's not good for WWE. Why, Triple H? Well, glad you asked. Mm-hmm. What is, it can't be good for WWE because what you are watching and what you have been watching on Monday nights mainly since at least the start of my tenure here, right, is a bunch of stakes-free matches that don't really mean anything and they are contrived to make stories and there's just no point in wrestling these matches realistically and there's no drama, there's no title fights, there's no big matches, there's no purpose because everything is built around this prize and there isn't one. And now there is, and it's the most inelegant solution ever. Um, so that's what he's basically saying. Well, I might as well have a consolation, otherwise your investment means nothing and what are the other lads fighting for, okay? He has said, while it is, this is a direct quote, I'm not even paraphrasing. While that's great for Roman Reigns, it's not great for WWE. Well then, you stupid c- Why didn't, at WrestleMania 39... If you have not, in fact, endorsed Roman Reigns and the way he conducts himself as champion in the storylines, why didn't you ban the bloodline from ringside at WrestleMania 39 if you wanted a full-time champion whose f***ing catchphrase, sorry, Willborn, is do the work. All right, he's probably going to be doing all the house shows. And guess what? He's going to be selling out every building because he's a star before I get my dickhead hands on him. Anyway... Why didn't you ban the bloodline from ringside? If they don't endorse this, what, knowing that they were going to interfere at some point or another, if you ban the bloodline from ringside, it was the only dramatic, logical conclusion to that entire thing in the old world, Adam Wilborn, before they messed this up. But did it clash in the castle? Yeah, right. I know. That's what I'm, no, that's what I'm, that's what I'm, yeah, that's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, they went, well, hang on, there's been loads of shenanigans here. No Usos at ringside, and that's why they had, had to, to, fl- to cover. Had to fly to Cardiff alone. Him yeah. and Paul Heyman wasn't. That was it. Yeah. Right. Okay. So they know what to expect. Even if it wasn't Clash at the Castle, it is literally every other Roman Reigns pay per view match, other than maybe the one against um, Big E at Survivor Series. There was no Usos interference. That yeah. was very matter of fact. Stupid idiots. Incidentally, so you had to have known that the bloodline were going to interfere at WrestleMania, okay? You had to have known, oh, maybe we're referees or morons. Maybe we should, because we don't like what Roman Reigns is doing for these titles, maybe we should sort of implement some preventative measure to stop this from happening because we don't like it. No, they didn't do that because it's so contrived. It is so unbelievably contrived and stupid. So he's created by licking the fans' arse, as he has to do, because it's Triple H, is retroactively created plot holes in addition to making this a consolation prize. And what did Triple H do to Roman Reigns on the Raw after WrestleMania? Put him over as the biggest star. He hugged him. Yeah, like I said, he was... He embraced and hugged him. He acknowledged him, and then on this promo, he was like, you don't want a champion. I hate it when Triple H does that thing where he 
pretends that the fans are saying things. is like, we know what you want. You want this. You want this. You don't want to be told to acknowledge a champion. I do if it's really fun and I'm engaged in the fiction. Yeah, I yeah, really yeah. enjoyed acknowledging Roman Reigns in Cardiff because I was massively invested in the fiction mm. of that character. It's um, that the, the the physical design of that title as well. It's so Triple H. Yeah, stupid arsehole torn between two philosophies of trying to lick both cheeks with one tongue. <laughs> that is what Triple H has been doing his entire career. He's been trying to lick two cheeks with one tongue, and he just can't do it. It's got a pattern of. Uh, prestigious old title. It obviously reflects the old world heavyweight title, but he has to slap the big WWE on it because Vince McMahon told him to. Somebody might win it at a Super Bowl. Yeah. Like after a you Super Bowl win, might hold it up. At least end, with yeah. the AEW title, which it doesn't look too... It looks like a Wish version of the Amazon AEW title. At least with the AEW title, I think it's Distressed is the, the name of the effect where it looks older than it actually is. You need the branding. It's obviously front and center. It's a necessary evil. But they've done a really elegant job of putting the branding on that title. It's just bleh, splodged onto it. Consolation prize. Are you still going to do your um, C tweet when it's Cody with the belt that was, don't mean to be crass, but it was made after his dad had died, so there's no way he held that title. They're not finishing that story, obviously. Um, it's modeled on the belt his dad held. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> his dad, yeah, his dad yeah. did that one. Like, uh, oh, there's no dream. You you achieve that dream, Dusty. So so he can't finish that story. Well, I'll drop the C if he wins the titles from. This is the other thing. I completely agree with everything you've both just said, and I haven't really got a lot to add to it. So the one thing I will say is, he was talking about Roman Reigns's championships in a singular way. There's two belts. That's the whole point. Is he unified the belts? So just ununify them. If you want to create another belt, we don't have to create another belt. Just say um, one of those belts is Raw, one of those belts is SmackDown, and bollocks. He's contracted to us, and he's going to have to defend both belts until he loses one or both of them, and then they'll split off to only he'll have to defend one on Raw and one on SmackDown, or whatever you want to do. But, uh, yeah, if adding another belt to the mix is Disputed, undisputed champion. All right, well, Cody Rhodes, if he wins this in Saudi Arabia... Oof. can dispute that because it's obviously not undisputed because there's a world heavyweight Cardi champion. Can't, Cardi can't, Cody can't win this one. Like this is su- this, this he wins this one, the story's finished. The semantics of this are obviously horrendous, but ultimately that's immaterial. Yeah. It's star powers and booking stars and booking heroes and booking drawing attractions, and Cody Rhodes is going to be stigmatized as lesser than if he wins this one. Yeah, it has to be. For me, it has to be Seth Rollins probably or someone like that that wins this one. Seth Rollins is not the man. He can't do it. We've seen it in 2019. He's more over now, I think. But it's only his song. But he he might, this is the B title. It doesn't matter. I was going to say, you might as well call this the Seth Rollins belt because it's not the Intercontinental title because Seth Rollins has long been established as kind of above whatever the Intercontinental title US represents. last year. But, like, considered above it. Whatever it is yeah, the US yeah, title yeah. or a secondary title represents, Seth Rollins exists in that little grey area between. But he's not the man. Like, he's had those goals. He believes he is and cool, but, like, it's... It's kind of a lot of evidence that he was never going to really work as the top guy. So this is the belt for him, in much the same way it was a vanity belt for Triple H yeah. when he wasn't the top guy in 2002. Just that, tri- just that line about Triple H saying, ah, Roman was pretty intelligent and pretty cool for doing this. But what are all these other losers going to do about it? Well, I've made a loser <laughs> belt for the losers. Like, Jeff. Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh Kathy Kelly goes up to the Judgment Day for another interview. Obviously, Bad Bunny's on his way to Monday Night Raw later. I like the fact she asked Damien Priest a question, and Finn Balor's like, what am I, Chad Liver again, invisible here? And he's like, ah, bollocks shit, doesn't matter, because I've got to go and get ready for that 
loser Cody in a bit anyway. Um, Priest's like, yeah, it's not a bad thing that Bad Bunny's here. It's a good thing. Um, look how successful he's been. Um, even had success in WWE, but only when I had his back. Um, just don't get into my business again, basically, Bunny. You'd end up through going through a table. I didn't go on stage at Coachella and interfere. Um, and Dom, again, as soon as he gets near the microphone, the booze just deafening. Says, yeah, I'm going to watch, uh, oh, you, Bad Bunny, you and I can both watch uh, Damien Priest take up my deadbeat dad. And Priest is like, yeah, I'm exterminating Rey Mysterio tonight. I just, I was thinking, imagine if like Dominic Mysterio had invaded at Coachella. Yeah. No. <laughs> Dominic Mysterio on the stage. Oh, yeah. Like oh, thousands of people. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jimmy's in the back trying to ha- hype up James, uh, I was quite going Jay Mysterio there for some <laughs> second. Hype up Jay. But Jay call him James Uso. <laughs> He's clearly very distracted. He's like, what's wrong? He's like, uh, what's going to happen to us if we lose? And Jimmy's like, oh, don't, don't worry about that. And he's like, well, I was talking to Sami Zayn. And he's like, you talking to Sami Zayn? Why are you talking to Sami Zayn? As uh, opposed to the other Sammies. Yeah. I'm sick of this. Um, I'm sick of this. Just call him Sammy. I'm not stupid. I don't understand how you used to can watch this, right, show and be positive about it when it's hot and all the rest of it all optimistic about it when it's quite cold and it's uncertain. I was speaking to Sami Zayn. I hate wrestling so much. <laughs> and as well, yeah, again, it's that thing like, I know you were. <laughs> You're right there on the monitor. Uh, no, it's, it's no. Like no, they don't watch the show. Yeah. They should have learned by now that they... <sighs> Cinema, apparently. Um, anyway, Jim fires, <laughs> Jimmy fires up and says... Uh, we're going to win the belts back and do it for the Tribal Chief. Heads off. Uh, and then we got the six-woman. I think this is a match you were getting excited about. Oh, it's a fun. Um, all the champs, Bianca Belair and the tag team champions who turn up to be uh, Bianca Belair's partner. I'm talking, of course, of Raquel Rodriguez. Uh, Liv Morgan to take on Damage Kataral. Um, Yeah, just a load of fun, this, Sige. Um Morgan, when we come back from a break, back and forth stuff early on, obviously. Morgan is trying to get a hot tag. She's just about to get to Bianca Belair, but of course, EO Sky yanks Bianca off the apron. Uh, so Morgan turns around, hits uh, Dakota Kai with a backstabber and brings in big back Raquel Rodriguez, uh, who lays out Bailey with a clothesline, hits a fallaway slam and a twisting sent on. Kai dives in to break up the cover. So Rodriguez just chucks her out of the ring. And then Rodriguez does that thing where she power bombs her own partner out of the ring, over the top rope, onto Bailey. Um, Sky drop kicks her out of the ring. Belair tries to give Sky the KOD, but Sky blocks it. So um, Belair drives her into the ring post. Bailey trips Belair, tries to take advantage, but Belair counters. KOD, one, two, three. Sky tries to dive in, I think, at the last second to break all this up, and there's a nice moment between the two challengers for the belt soon. Oh, it's just bang into this to a level I didn't really think I would be. Um, really nicely arranged, really nicely timed. Everything was allowed to register. Nobody got lost. Some of the big sort of fireworks spots were really cool. Like I thought Liv Morgan has taken a hell of a bump there. Mm. There was a spot where did Bailey feign to do a make a fool of herself spot. Mm. Yeah. To hide in plain sight to allow Eel Sky to do a move. It was just all sorts going on here. Like it was like the tennis match of boom, boom, like mm. your eyes going from like side to side, like watching it all unfold. And it was just rip roaring effort. It was uh, <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, they use the word showcase at WrestleMania. Um, there wasn't really any of that in the women's equivalent because it, in the men's one, obviously, it was like, well, we've got these four teams that do all these different moves. And that wasn't the case in the women's match because some of the teams were makeshift. And mm. Liv and Raquel have basically had to like develop 
things they can showcase as they've gone along, which is now we're at this point where they do it. You know, it is a Ricochet and Braun idea, but you're getting it twice and it's not got boring yet. So I suppose mm. just keep doing that. I thought Dakota Kai looked the best she looked in ages in this as well. I think it was probably a compliment to the agenting of it and the arrangement of everything. You know, obviously it was there to give EO Sky a lot of shine and EO Sky and Bianca Belair's rivalry, the most heat ahead of Backlash. It's just because it's a great match. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't do this stuff anyway. We said this about um, Bianca Belair and Asuka ahead of WrestleMania. Just because it's a great match, that's never just enough. And this is evidence of what happens when you can have both. And I, like, I'm more looking forward to the match because I've seen little details about how it's going to be more entertaining than just, oh, it's a great graphic. They can both give sort of rule. Like, mm. really effective promotion for Backlash as well. And the Bailey and Damage Control stuff. Austin Theory came out next. <sighs> skip. Skip. Yeah, but I like, forgot we could do that. He got into it with Lashley and then... Uh, yeah, skip. I know, I've just got to say what happened. You don't! I've got to tell you what happened. Him and Bronson Reed team were to beat, beat up Lashley and then Bronson Reed beat up Austin Theory. Enough of all that. It's now time for this. It's short. It's crap. It's wrestling related. The five-star review review. Nailed it! And this week's five-star review review is brought to you by Cameron Brennan. Uh, if you want to suggest something short, crap, and wrestling-related for us to review instead of a god-awful Austin Theory segment on Monday Night Raw, uh, <laughs> or match, um, then you could do so by either leaving us a five-star review on uh, Apple Podcasts, or you can leave us a five-star rating on Spotify. Screenshot it. We need the proof. And just like Cameron's done, email it to me, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. Cameron writes, uh, as a kid fan in the ruthless aggression era... Sorry. Wrestling was all I cared about. Uh, I stopped watching the product around 2010, but got back into it when the Hardy Boys returned for WWE at WrestleMania 33. My passion for wrestling was immediately reignited, and I've become obsessed over the last several years, which at first I thought was strange as an adult. (laughs) (laughs) However, Watching Ruthless Aggression as a child is stranger than watching wrestling as an adult. (laughs) Sorry, mate. Uh, However, Adam and the Dadleys, along with AEW, have shown me that wrestling is still cool. It's still cool. Uh, It's okay to be a nerd about it and to be passionate about whatever makes you happy. Over the last few years of changing times and mundane adult life, the daily news uh, and review podcasts remain part of my routine as I always listen to them with my morning coffee and on my commute to work. I'm beyond grateful for the work you guys do, and I often find myself just as excited to listen to the review of a great or terrible wrestling show as I am to watch the show itself. Uh, For my five-star review review, could you please review anything involving M-N-M. Like I said, I was a fan uh, I was a fan as a child in the 2000s and thought M&M were absolute geeks. Also, the comment section should be interesting with Melina involved. Second. And I mean <laughs> folks, where's the lie? Uh, keep with the great work, fellas. Much love from the U.S. Uh, <laughs> P.S. Sidgwick, I loved Becoming All Elite and I'm currently reading it. What's this all about? I wrote a book, you know. What? I wrote a book all about the formation and rise of All Elite Wrestling called Becoming All Elite, The Rise of AEW. 120,000 passionate and insightful words available wherever Amazon is. (laughs) (laughs) Great value for money. (laughs) That goes without saying, but thank you. Um, (laughs) Hamlet. In my opinion, you're even more handsome than Gunther slash Walter. Oh, thanks, Cameron. 
Uh, and Wilborn, if you could it's do... not true, but thanks. If you could do me a favour and be less careful with the soundboard, as nothing pops me more than when you hit the wrong button and play the wrong sound. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for that, uh, Cameron. Yeah, hey, so, man, listening to podcast injuries shouldn't have been as entertaining as they were. Like, I know. Keep them coming. Those stories are fantastic, man. Please don't hate yourself, but it's good crack. Do some slapstick pain. Yeah. That's good. So we uh, we stumbled across Eminem's debut on SmackDown, where Rey Mysterio is on Carlito's cabana. What's going on? I get this request from somebody that got into a rude discretion as a kid because I just have to believe that there simply weren't as many hot acts and interesting moments. Like you took what you could, even as a kid, like when you kind of absorb and love everything, you can kind of identify the good stuff from the bad. And very briefly, Eminem were pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I, I, mean, I hate Ronnie Garvin. They... <laughs> Debut. Yeah, exactly. That's it. There was always something you could Why hear. Why is such a weird old man doing clown stuff? Yeah, like you could not position him next to the Ultimate Warrior and make sense of it, could you? Ronnie Garvin going, nah, 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 nah. You weird old freak. In a feud with Greg Valentine, somebody oh, else that needed to God. scan the way. Gorilla Monsoon being like, do you know it sometimes takes him 50 minutes to warm up? Does it? Well, I'll fast forward those then yeah. and see what's happened <laughs> after a quarter of an hour. Um, yeah, Eminem were just introduced here, obviously, in the middle of a hot storyline. Ray had defeated Eddie Guerrero, and thus there were tensions, and Eddie wasn't hanging out with Ray as much and letting him go out to do Carlitos Cabana by himself. What could possibly go wrong? Eminem were only a year old, I think, in the system as a tag team. They'd gotten over in in OVW, um, so you knew you'd read their names more than you'd see the matches, and then you'd lie and say... I can't wait till uh, Eminem make it onto the main roster. They're making waves down there in WWE, <laughs> I think. <laughs> but like, then they arrive and they look great and the act's kind of complete and fully formed. And yeah, you kind of sense they're immediately going to do big things and dropping them into this tag team partners, you know, that are clearly going to feud is the perfect start for them. Uh, so outcome in the midst of all this, Eminem with a load of paparazzi. Great entrance. I always liked Eminem's entrance. Uh, and, the, you know, Cole... Like you did your dirty old bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> Stick around. Uh, Cole and Taz are like, what's going on with these guys? And Taz, channeling his inner JR, goes, who the hell are, oh, wow, who is that? (laughs) About Molina, of course. Uh, And Cole's like, Taz, what are you talking about? You're normally the guy who's clued in. You know these sorts of things. Taz is like, I don't know who, (laughs) I don't know who these guys are. And they're a lovely young lady in the middle. Bingo! Uh, So... (laughs) Mercury and Nitro hit the ring, and then they've obviously been clued up, and they go, right, once you get in there, don't do anything that could draw any attention away from Melina. I want you to literally go, look at her! She's about to do the thing! And Taz Taz says, whoa, wait. Oh, my God. I've never seen anything like that in my life. I don't think Carlito has either. Wow. Um, and I, I think they like legs. <laughs> Carlito's face, I've written here, goes from shocked to a child's face on Christmas morning, yeah. basically. Uh, and Cole says, oh, what's going on? This is bizarre. And Taz is like, I think it's pretty good, actually. Right? <laughs> Carlito says, wow, what an entrance. I don't know who you guys are, but let me first be the first to say, you guys are cool. You guys are cool. I got a glimpse of... Oh, don't, where's this going? Oh, don't worry. Of <laughs> Pat John Morrison here. Just a glimpse. If you watch it back, right, he goes, you guys are cool. And they're obviously like meant to be like super jazz. Like, yeah, we are cool. And to be fair, both of them pull back their fur coats, rub their abs, and Morrison goes, yeah, we rock. <laughs> it's like, there it is. 
That's there's the future right there. Uh, Melina no. says <laughs> that's an aberration. That's the present. Thanks, Carlito. We are cool, uh, and that's why we wanted to be on your cabana. Like now, I've got it written down. I can only imagine getting this hand of the script like this. Thanks, thanks, Carly. Thanks, Carl. Air Carlito. <laughs> cabana. Yeah. Thanks, Cabana. We know you're the arbiter of cool because it's in your name. <laughs> uh, that's why we wanted to be on your cabana. I'm Molino. <laughs> that's why she said it, not me. I'm Molina. This is Nitro, and that's Mercury. We are MNM, the it team on the scene. That one didn't last, did it? No. no. Now, we were in a real city, Los Angeles. I don't know where they are, but. Little Rock, Arkansas. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I just no. like saying it. Little Rock, Little Gack. <laughs> oh, I just like saying stuff, me. Uh, they're hanging out with their friends, Sige. Uh, Ashton, Paris, Nick, and Jessica. Is that a reference or anything? What? Ashton, Paris, Nick, and Jessica. Was this when it was Nick, Jessica Simpson? Hilton. Hilton. Jessica. Simpson, Simpson and Nick, the Jesse. football player from Nick the Newlyweds. Lachey, was that his name? Yeah. Uh, good show, that. Um, and we were talking about how Johnny and Joey here could so easily become tag team champions uh, with Latino Heat and Mucha Lucha on the outs. We were thinking we could make our debut here on SmackDown and win tag titles. God damn it. <laughs> how did that happen? Mucha Lucha. That's how oh, it okay, yeah. It's 10 to 1. <laughs> Uh, and the crowd are like, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. And Ray's like, Melina, right? Hey, you drop a couple of names like Ashton and Paris. Why don't you drop a mint? <laughs> drop a bread mint, girl. Whoa, you got smelly bread. Oh, got it. Got it. <laughs> Carlito leans in and sniffs her. Oh, God. Uh, and she's, Melina's like, you know what, Ray? We were going to have a match. How? <laughs> There's only one half of the tag champs here. But seeing as your partner's not here, I guess I'm just going to have to settle for this. And this is my favorite point because Mercury jumps in, twats Ray. Ray Ray's response is brilliant. He falls back onto the middle rope, bounces off it, and tackles it. I watched it about four times this. And then he sort of holds it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Um, holds his own for a while, fighting both of them off. Uh, but, of course, the numbers game catches up to him. Whilst Carlito, as Cole yells about Carlito, lounging back on his chair. Uh, of course, they're like, here comes Eddie. Here comes Eddie. never appears. Uh, I mean, what was it? It was the Basham brothers, wasn't he? When he was like, I'm having car trouble, actually. Yeah. yeah. What? <laughs> Just walk out. <laughs> um, so Eminem hit the snapshot. Snapshot, yeah. Camera. Uh, finish because of paparazzi sitch. Um <laughs> Taz says, you know what? They are cool. And that Molina oh literally says that. Uh, and Michael Cole says, they sent a message here tonight. One word, impact. Deliberate that? Or what um, year is this? 2000 and... You might have just... I know it was after Impact had launched, but it wasn't. Yeah, they never acknowledged it. Remember when they were like, watch Total Divas because it's elite. Do you remember that for a week or two? When I don't was just starting up. Good one. I remember that. They were like, Total, Total Divas, where the elite live. And you're like, 
Uh, you literally never used that word before, but what a coincidence. Considering his disdain for anybody that promotes wrestling, despite the fact that he pretends not to be in it, Vince McMahon, his disinterest in TNA was, it was pretty wild, funny. wasn't it? It was pretty funny, wild. actually, how little he was asked remember, about it. One, that's one of the things that kind of got me a little bit back into wrestling was, A, Alvarez's rants on Impact, and B, him going, they literally knew that they were challenging them on a Monday night, and they tried to do as little as possible and still squash them, and did, yeah. to be fair. Uh, so, yeah, he's talking about impact. Taz says, yeah, that was impact. And she's hot as well. So, you know, two for one, really. Uh, <laughs> Just a jerk-off motion. <laughs> Cole is, Cole's talking about the debut and where's Eddie? And Taz is like, yeah, yeah, anyway, enough of all that. outfits, fits <laughs> And scene. Yeah. Let's get out of the comments. It was a planned introduction, very contrived. Good entrance, though, for the standards of the time. I got over. Oh, yeah. Love their feud with London and Kendrick. Loved London and Kendrick back in the day. Anyway. Back in the day. It's time to play the game. Time to play the game. Ha, 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 CM Punk's made. <laughs> that was a twist. <laughs> no. What do you reckon? Saying down here. Oh, by the way, these do not reflect the use myself, the Dadly Boys, anyone at What Culture Wrestling, or the brilliant Cameron who suggested this. Did it, did it, did it, did it. Guess the perverted YouTube comment. And I'm going to say, you thought the apron was the hardest part of the ring. Damn it. That's so it's going to get even harder when it's my fat cack. <laughs> it's a good guess. <laughs> because it'd be pressed against Melina's yeah. taint. Oh, yeah. Hardest part of the ring stuff was my stuff too. Very good. But you're overthinking it. Kevin writes, oh, I wish I could have been the ring apron that night. Yeah, because it would have been the hardest yeah. part of the ring, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I half expect them to write, like, I wish I was the hardest part of the ring. Then they're on reply. Oh, my God, that also means a dick. <laughs> they've just gone, I want to be a genie. Rub the magic lamp. I want to be a ring apron, but for one night. Just no, not that side. Forever. Then you've just got, like, wrestlers endlessly taking bumps on you. Ow! Yeah, no. <laughs> this was a mistake. Uh... <laughs> Hobie Braxton. Why, why wasn't Melina's consent in sexual partner? Yeah, that would have been such a better idea, long term. Uh, I always love when people get a bit carried away. I have a tendency to do this in uh, all of the notes I ever make for podcasts. Obie Braxton writes, legit one of the best entrances ever. Defo best for a tag team. I don't know about that. It was a good entrance. Right. It was a good entrance. I like that the Melina one got added to the video games and you can make like regular wrestlers do it. And I was stupid. <laughs> yes. Kane and Take or yeah. whatever, yeah. Um, this one just tickled me. Um, be safe, everyone. Uh, unlike Brown Kathy Lynn. I love wrestling so much, I even wrestled my cousin. The last time we wrestled, I always got hurt. But in the past few days, I improved so much that he got hurt. I even hit my back on the table. <laughs> so what? You're just being unsafe for him now rather than being unsafe for you. What's going on there? Calm down. <laughs> Calm down. Um, once again... We're into it, Sitch. Uh, these are not for using myself, Dadly Boys, anyone at Culture Wrestling, or Cameron. Beth writes, Melina and Michelle McCool really have nice legs. So who cares if they're in a scripted, choreographed match? We can still enjoy seeing them pretending to fight while being bare-legged. <laughs> oh, God, that's a lot of leg in that <laughs> sense. <laughs> I'm glad you're here, Sitch. Yeah, sometimes... Sometimes I get a bit, you know, confused. Corbin... Don't know if it's the Baron himself. Doesn't say. 
Corbyn just writes, well, I'm doubling up on toilet paper tonight. <laughs> what does he, what does he do? mean by that? Well, either he's got a stomach bug. Okay, yeah. But given the, that would be irrelevant to the, the topic, which is a lot about Melina doing the splits mm-hmm. and it, that, you know, giving people sexual gratification, okay? Mm. You know that um, some men enjoy women with curvy physiques mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and their ability to be flexible, mm-hmm. to show you angles that you might not necessarily see mm-hmm. in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, so what he means by... Is it cl- toilet paper? I'm doubling up on toilet paper tonight. Okay. That <laughs> I am inferring... Right, that toilet paper is what he uses to sort of catch the little thing that jumps out your cock. The ropes. The ropes have come when you ejaculate ah. over which he's doing to this video. There's so much mm. you need, like a bigger... Well, 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 well. This begs a question. <laughs> <laughs> Does this gentleman get um, a toilet roll? Okay. Like, sort of pull away at the edges so that there's, like, a loose sheet and then just roll it. <laughs> <laughs> like, all like across his living room carpet. Would it go, it would go like, certainly across the road. Oh, yeah. Like Maybe, the old adverts with the Andrex puppy, right? Just yeah, hold yeah, on yeah. to it. It just keeps going. <laughs> Maybe all the way up the street and then go... <clears throat> and then it just flies out of his front door. <laughs> and then lands on because he wants to make sure that it gets caught, uh, and then it goes up the street. So as he's saying, he's got a, like a freakishly propulsive load. That's one option. He's creating like a spaff track. Yeah, 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 for yeah. His, just to land on. Yeah, it? like a, like a zone, a target. Yeah, a target. Mm. So that's one answer, theoretical answer to your question, which is quite open ended. Or two, is the trajectory not that impressive? The volume, not that impressive. You know, the erection, not particularly, like, like... Engorged. Yeah. And does he just want to do it over and over, load after load after load after load after load after load, so much that two rolls of toilet paper are now rendered useless and covered in jizz because he's doing it so often. So it's either one or two. Let us know in the... Um, the Twitter comments underneath the podcast <laughs> link. Don't. The idea that like YouTube's live telly as well. It's got to be tonight. It's not like the segment's on demand anytime once now. I'm, like I'm wanking furiously tonight. Over and what? over and over. Well, over. Be, it, off, be off the internet tomorrow. Was it from the WWE official? No. <laughs> well, maybe, you know, you never know when it's going to be a true. copyright strike. So, all right, okay. I've <laughs> masturbated 38 times already today. Quite frankly, I'm not getting any more enjoyment or pleasure out of this. In fact, it really hurts. And there's like, oh, it's getting a bit pink. Maybe there's some blood coming out. I'm, I'm abusing my cock here. I'm abusing my cock, but it might get taken down for copyright <laughs> strikes. So, well, here I go again. Make hay while the sun shines. Yeah. Might so as well use the bog roll. Uh, that's the answer to your question. Thanks, thanks for that. Joy writes... She is the reason why I developed a skirt fetish. I love short skirts. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then we get this. Jay Rizzle writes, 
Oh, I'd have loved to have seen her split entrance from Johnny Nitro's view. <laughs> Just thinking about a whiff of her split juices. <laughs> oh, oh, no. No, no. Of her what? Split juices. Just thinking about a whiff of her split juices when she was in her prime makes me shiver with delight. <laughs> Oh, it was shingles, mate. <laughs> I say this quite frequently on this portion of the podcast. <laughs> that there might be on the metro next year. Mm. There might be on the bus next year. There might be like um, going for the same grocery as you. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's terrifying. I don't want. That wasn't the final one. Full disclosure, I put that in and I thought that might get caught, to be perfectly honest. I'll leave that up to the dadlies. It's obviously <laughs> abhorrent to be writing stuff like that on the internet. Uh, final comment comes from Hungai. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a big cock, sir, if you're interested. <laughs> I'm allowed to say this. I've got the authority around here. <laughs> Keeps it short and sweet. Not like his cock. Massive. Massive. It's it's made of <laughs> Hung guy writes. <laughs> Top five wanks ever in wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's worse than the Panola made comment. Hang on, I'm just going to write down a content idea. <laughs> When we're doing the air, get the tip <laughs> so, so thanks, Cameron. Thanks, thanks Cameron. Thanks, Cameman. Suggesting that. If you want to suggest something short, crap, and wrestling related, uh, you can either do so by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or doing one on Spotify, just like Cameron did. Screenshot it. We need the proof. And then email it to me. Adam Top Wilborn. It's one o'clock. At whatculture.com. Uh, nowhere near the main event yet. Are you joking? <laughs> Uh, Chad Gable's backstage uh, whilst Elias is trying to explain the rules of the draft to Rick Boogs, who I did like the fact that his way to relieve stress was just work out, basically, get the muscles pumping. And he's like, uh, I've, I've re- you know, he could be a problem if you're a tag team, but I've got an assurance that wherever I go or wherever Otis goes, we'll stay as a team. But uh, Maxine Dupree isn't so sure because she's going to go wherever Otis goes. Um, and then Mustafa Ali shows up and says, hey, maybe that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Positive Ali, you could receive, receive, you could reach your full potential without Otis. You could be the new world champion or you could be a loser. Gable tells him to shoosh, this sets up a match, which Mustafa Ali won in his hometown. Mm. Um, Must have been a Papa H for all this. <laughs> countering a roll-up, uh, uh, sorry, countering a Chaos Theory suplex into a roll-up. One, two, three. It's fine. It's quite good at points. Which is not really enough for a Chad Gable match. Yeah. You know, yeah. Is it? That's the thing as well. You've you got two minutes. Yeah. yeah like, it, you kind of want more from these Chad Gable TV matches. So, and the backstage stuff so redundant. These absolute geeks and losers debating stuff about the draft. What? A, just a sad-looking locker room it is. Like, know. Why didn't they put the Maximum Male Model skit on here? Oh, the digi- the latest digital this? exclusive. No. Oh, it's unbelievable. Maybe for my lunch, I'll go yeah. and treat myself to this. Yep. Uh, Jimmy Uso confronts Sami Zayn in the back. Uh, says, you're going to lose on Friday. 
Uh, and, you know, when you lose, you think Kevin's still going to be there? Do you think he's forgot every time you kicked him in the face? I didn't forget. I was there. Uh, and he didn't forget or forgive. He's just using you to get the titles. And this Friday, when you lose the titles, Kevin's going to turn on you and you'll deserve every bit of it. Don't worry about my brother. Worry about your own. Yeah, I think the match will be hot. On I think they've done a pretty good job of building up the rematch. I think there's going to be loads of heat and a couple of teasers of if they can get along. They will, but, you mm. know. And we won't have a chance to review it, I've just realised. Oh, God. Bank holidays. Three-day weekends for the next two weeks, baby. <sighs> Even more expensive weekend days to try and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. compete with other parents in out and about, keep your kids you know, busy and entertained. Or yeah, yeah, just if you're on sanity. Yeah, Uncle Adam's just around new, if you uh, need him. It's a new Turkish kebab place just opened up where we live, and the menu looks sensational. So, I'm really looking forward to that. I'll keep me going <laughs> if you need me. Main event time. Cody Rhodes versus Finn Balor next. Not the main event. It was... Yeah, it wasn't. No. It was, uh, it was no, good. It yeah. was good, yeah. Um, fire's great. Uh, Rhodes takes control early, early on, hits a delayed reverse vertical suplex. Um, looks a rough old bump when Balor ducked the running crossbody. <laughs> Rhodes just went flying into the ropes, and he's got his ribs taped up, obviously, still. He's selling that, and Balor pushes him into the announce table, a la he did with... Uh, Brock when he had the diverticulitis. Do you oh, I that? love that match. Great yes, that. target the stomach. Um, Balor's a little look at the new hideous world title as we go to a break. When we come back, Rhodes fights back, disaster kick, two count. Uh, Balor blocks the Cody cutter, hits a headlock elbow drop for two, stomps on his ribs, hits a sling blade. Rhodes comes back, super kick, Cody cutter, another near fall. Um, Balor... Shotgun drop kick, goes to the coup de gras, Rhodes dodges it, uh, goes to the crossroads, Balor blocks that, small package, near fall, uh, but Rhodes in the end hits a pedigree, hits a crossroads, and gets the one, two, three. Decent, nothing more. Um, it's just Cody's work is so um, dependable at this point, yeah. in a way that it never used to be, as like an in-ring guy. Uh, like He's just such a safe pair of hands, but stakes felt almost too low for the character. If he's asking you in the way he was in the opening promo to buy into him, this sort of stuff feels a bit too lightweight, and I think that held down the match. It's right. total filler, let's yeah. be honest. It can be, filler can be good, filler can be bad, filler is still filler, and this was filler. Mm. I enjoyed I it. Full of his fire. And I, I do like the fact it dovetails into the storyline of, of uh, Balor's the one who, in Judgment Day, who keeps losing. Yeah, he's just low-key, just... I mean, Luke, he looks at the title as well. Then um, Triple H won this nice 17-minute-long three-and-three-quarter star effort. It's subtle cinema, you know. You don't pick up. I'm keen to see if that plays I'm out. I'm playing with fire here, and I've got enough work to do already. I'm keen to see if that plays out, because you've identified that in a couple of different weeks. So like, now I'm going to look for that too. Mm. Uh, you know what time it is now? Main event time. So it is. It is. Seth <laughs> Rollins comes out, talks about the uh, much-hyped match with him uh, against Omos of Backlash. Uh, he says, something's bigger has cut my eye, though. And he turns his attention to the uh, world title belt at ringside. Gets a You Deserve It chant. And he's like, Ugh. What an insult. Um, he said, From the crowd, that is. A lot of people are on this list of names that Roman Reigns has defeated. Um, but mine's not one of them. Uh, a lot of people wanted to be Roman Reigns, but some people still <laughs> want to fight. 
Uh, he calls the new belt an opportunity for all of us to fight, push the industry forward, and have a world nice. championship that was... Uh, Don't sing, mate. <laughs> what are you on about, Seth? It's about more than politics and part-timers. Uh, he made more sense when he was calling himself like a, a narcissist in the vein of the Duke or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. That made more sense to me than this bollocks. Uh, he's going to win the title, basically. He's about to set him up to sing his, sing his song when here comes Omos and MVP. Um, MVP says, "I no disrespect, respect you immensely. Uh, you're one of the best superstars to uh, ever enter a WWE ring. Uh, you've accomplished virtually everything. You're brilliant, except for your bloody fashion choices. Um, it was uh, It's my job to get almost big matches, and that's why I've got the match against Seth Rollins. See, it does make sense. Um, a win over you would be huge for him, um, and I'd warn you a little bit about making predictions for the future because you might not have one after Backlash. And uh, Ron said, actually, you've kind of undersold almost. Look at the bloody size of him. He's the strongest force in WWE. He's uh, once... Unless I picked him up last month. Once in a generation uh, because he was born that way, but I'm once in a generation because I made myself that way. Um, I should be afraid of you, it's but at I'm least not. least 10 Seth Ronses. Should be afraid of you, but I'm not. Like, at least. I'll make you <laughs> famous after I give you the match of your life and bounce your big head off the mat. Uh, and after you wake up from your three-second nap, you can hear everyone singing my song. Like, happy it's fine. Happy for Seth. They've made, they've made him a belt. Uh, I said they've, made him a, they've made Cody a belt. It fits. <laughs> it fits with his horrific fashion choices as well. It like does. Hideous belt. So. Yep. In looks and in what it represents, they've made Seth Rollins a little little novelty toy. Good for him. Happy for him. Good as belt. Better not be. Um, I did like the bit where they cut backstage, and Zayn goes to see Kevin Owens, and Owens he's just brilliant. Where have you been? Where have you been all night? I've been stuck with this twat for three hours. He sold that fantastically. Um, Zane's like, I've been talking with the Usos. And Owen's like, why would you do something like that? Uh, you need to stay focused on Friday. I'm done babysitting this arsehole. I'm off. Um, and Riddle says, I know exactly what you're going through. And Zane's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, well, I used to you know, team with my best friend and everyone said he was going to turn on me. But that didn't happen because we're bros. Um, and you and uh, Owens are bros. Uh, and everything's going to be everything's gonna be cool. Uh, <laughs> win, lose, or draw. Main event time. I quite like this bit. This uh, yeah, I kind of said that. I quite like how they thread all these things together. Yeah. Main event time. Rey Mysterio versus Damian Priest. We keep seeing... Uh, we've had this throughout the night, I should say. But we keep seeing Bad Bunny... Uh, get into the arena, and then I think two minutes into the match, you see him literally getting out of the car, basically. It'd be funny if you saw the belt segment and you saw the car turning around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, nah, not my WWE. <laughs> um, back and forth stuff. Ray keeps, you know, underdog fighting, come back, uh, goes to the 619, just runs into a big boot by Damian Priest. Um, again, he blo- blocks Ray's offense later and hits a great lifting flatliner. Um, and then Priest is like, you know what, I'm going to kill this nerd. Uh, I'm going to go and get a steel chair, but Ray fights back, sends him into the, uh, sends him off the apron, I should say, with a drop kick. Uh, Priest grabs him, looks like he's about to choke Simon, but Ray fights out, sets him up, and hits the 619. He goes up top, and then Priest just chucks the chair at him and gets DQ'd, uh, which was disappointing, but it was kind of all about the post match here because Priest grabs Ray immediately, hits him with the South of Heaven finisher. He looks like he's going to do exactly what he did to Bad Bunny, of course, by slamming him through the table. But here comes Bad Bunny with a kendo stick. Uh, Bad Bunny walks down to the ring, starts twatting Damien Priest with a kendo stick as he runs at him. 
Priest recovers. Looks like he's going to choke slam Bad Bunny on the announce table. Bad Bunny slips out, nails him with more kendo stick shots like the legs, and then just across him and what have you. Priest gets out of there. Crowd boo. Bad Bunny gets on the announce table with the kendo stick in hand and says, I'm not sure if you've heard the news, Damien, but I'm not going to be hosting Backlash anymore. And I thought, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, instead, I'm coming to Puerto Rico to kick your ass. We're going to have a street fight. And I thought, yay. Great ending, this. I agree. I love the angle. The match was what it was. It was there. Soraya. I wish she'd swung the stick like Bad Bunny did. Because he kicked Damien Priest's ass and that heat angle on Dynamite needed that kind of vigor to it. Like, I just, I was so energized. And Adam Cole being actually handcuffed to the ropes would have helped. I did not. No, I didn't spot that either. Like, I could have done, like, that energy was fantastic. As we kind of thought it would be as well with Bad Bunny, this is like a hot feud and, like, Damien Priest, I feel, is like a hot act as a result. I'm quite glad they've gone with a singles match. It's very bold. I'm glad as well. I'm quite pleased. It feels a bit more committed. Mm. Um... This is what Damien Priest had this with me a few times in his entire run going from NXT to main roster. Every now and then, I have a month where we like Damien Priest, and he kind of goes off the boil a little bit. But like yet again, I'm finding that he's like living up to this increased uh, like role that he's got on the show, and maybe this will be the one that sticks for him. Yeah. Um, and the street fight, the singles street fight, is definitely the way to go to make the best out yeah. of well. That's going to be so hot on the night. See, not trying to be overly harsh, like he does now. For me, Damien Priest, he just does nothing. And yet, this brawl and angle was so cool. Mm. Cool. Mm. And when um, he was on the ramp and he could sort of like catch his trash talk, but not in a promo, and he's going, I'm Damien Priest. Yeah. Like, what, who do you think you are? I thought he was played the part very well, and this should be great. Yeah, and a hell the of match it. was just, that's got a night, oh, thank you. Yeah. That's, it's just, I said this is Vince Show, not a Paparazzi Show. Um, but yeah, loved the conclusion to this show with Bad Bunny's Backlash Battle Cry, Aceage. Let us know your thoughts uh, on Monday Night Raw on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, they can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, uh, for daily wrestling podcasts. Me and the Dadly Boys back later on today to preview... Spring Breaking Deal! <laughs> NXT <laughs> best show of the week. I'm so pumped. It's worse for that. than a YouTube comment. Uh, and if you blink 182 one for when you do Moam earlier on. <laughs> You're out of control, you. Yeah. Um, and if you want to uh, submit a five star review, review just like Cameron did, you can either do so on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Uh, screenshot your rating on Spotify. We need the proof. And then email it to me just like Cameron did. Adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. But for now, this has been the raw review. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 